It's Typo Waffle Time! Welcome to Teffle Waffle. With Troy and Steve. Um, and what are we waffling about? Today we're going to talk about extracurricular activities. I'm assuming this is in the field of teaching, not something else. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so in, in many educational institutions, and not just for children, uh, for at university level, and um, things happen outside of the classroom, which the teachers are quite often involved in. Are these organized things yeah okay so for example uh, during festivities during festivals a, a university a, a, an institution will lay on an activity for the students to get involved in okay so we're having a, a party or putting on a play or yeah that kind of stuff okay. which um, I've always found to be very beneficial for the students learning you know students get a lot out of those kind of things they bond with one another they share cultures yeah um, so for example when I was in the Maldives we had a, a thing called English week where for a whole week the school was encouraged to speak English they'd put on English plays they were reading competitions and spelling bees and all sorts of stuff um, I think there's a pun in there about week versus week but okay <laughs> um, now <laughs> With with these kind of extracurricular activities, I mean they are curricular, but they're they're because it's very student centered and um, it's not regular classroom it's not time. Regular classroom time, yeah. Um, I always think that these are great learning opportunities for students and teachers. Teachers getting involved in these things um, learn a lot about the students and are okay. often blown away by the students' creativity and. Um, yeah, sure. Um, um, when you say you think a lot of them, as a teacher or as a manager. Or both? Because yeah. as a manager, I hate, I despise them. You've got to run around trying to find, oh, yeah, no, Sally, give it to Sally. Sally's great at getting the kids yeah, together sure. to do the craft. Manager, these things are really stressful because everything can go wrong, and it usually does. And you constantly walk up to people and going, well, organize them a song. And that person's going, what do you mean a song? Um, My worst part of, of these things is the, the big, okay if it's an English activity it's got to be organized by the English department and yep. it's, we've got to organize the dancing and so on but the logistics is usually organized by the locals by um, the the staff you mean the, the, uh, yeah. the guy who like the does sound. the IT guy oh, the okay. Sound. Yep. Okay. And, the sound guy. in my experience a lot of the times these guys are not very good at English so yeah um, there's they a lot of culture there's a lot of linguistic barriers and yeah, yeah. The, the foreign English teacher getting frustrated because, no, I need a microphone. And they didn't give me a microphone. They gave me a... Yeah. Um, at one of the schools, uh, um, we've, the, the day was not just English. It was it was like a cultural event. And the school okay. had divided up the, the school into different zones. And each zone had a different thing that the students had to do. And a lot of them were actually based on local festivities. Traditions. Events, yeah, traditional okay. ones. And so when there was a need for a microphone, yeah. well, the, the northeast of Thailand had the microphone because um, they were doing some activity. Yeah. Um, and then it starts becoming a competition between uh, the departments. departments. Yeah. And it, it actually got quite ugly at one stage because the English teachers felt that they were being marginalized and kicked in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... 
Yes, well, in my experience, um, foreign teachers are often quite arrogant. Um, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can just brush that aside. Yes. So actually what I was going to bring up, um, I've just come back from uh, one of these activities now. It's New Year in yep. Cambodia. The school set up... And Laos a, and Thailand and... and yes. Yeah. And the school set up, the school that I was at set up this big um, activity for the students very cultural, lots of dancing and, and a play which the students just set up themselves. The whole day was actually organized by the the seniors in the program. So they decided... The senior students. The senior students. Oh, who nice. They set up the program. They decided what sequence it was going to... They decided on the, the uniforms or outfits or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it was all student organized. I think great. we call those costumes. Costumes, that's it. Okay. And it was actually a great day. Yep. Um, because the students themselves had organized it, um, the teachers hadn't really been involved very much in what was going on. And because the day centered on local festivities, yeah, uh, there wasn't a lot of English. There was some English, but it was very... It was an aside. Uh, yeah. And um, it all started at three o'clock and it went until Papa Seven or something. Lots of loud music and... Lots of children um, running around. <clears throat> yeah, and because I was a foreign dignitary of, of note, I had a big chair at the front and I had to sit on it and water was brought to me and I, I couldn't actually go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so when you saw, like, off in the corner, the little bit of chaos happening, you had to sit there and go, hey, you come over here. Go and fix that thing for me. No, no, I didn't even need to do that. Um, really? The If the seniors hadn't organised it for themselves, then the, the, the staff in the school were were buzzing around there. especially the Cambodian teachers were really really busy they were running around and Great. getting students into lines and and my disappointment c- considering all this learning and the amazing stuff that was going on and, and how much I learned from it <clears throat> the foreign team of seven or eight teachers um, stood off to the side in a group two talking groups, to each talking two, to each two other. different groups okay. yeah talking to each other and then um, surreptitiously disappeared <laughs> after about a half an hour and really missed the whole thing. I mean, okay. they didn't actually get to see a lot of the, the amazing stuff that the kids put on. Um, and I wonder how endemic that is, with, with, especially with language teaching, because we're a marginalised small group. Yeah, and we're also, I mean, in a lot of situations, there's a, a, a staff meeting that runs separately to the teachers meeting yeah and there's the uh knowing where the drinks are that the teachers are allowed to get and uh, yada yada i i know that as a teacher in those functions when i'm just a a teacher i feel very third wheelish i'm walking around going um um, what shall I be doing? Yeah, I be doing? Yeah. Am I supposed to be helping? Um, and I, I get the standing around in a clump talking to each other because what am I supposed to do? I must admit, I, I enjoy them a lot more and I get more into them when I break away from the group and just, just walk around and, and let myself get drawn into things or, or realise that uh, that group's having trouble finding their balloons and so I run and find their balloons for them. It does work out a lot better, both for me and for the students. Mm. But I've, as a teacher, taking on that kind of initiative is a bit, um, I don't know, it's, you're almost overstepping your boundaries. Yeah, it can be dangerous. 
Um, especially if you're taking students away from activities that other teachers want them to be in yes. at the same yeah. time. Absolutely. Um, if you if you start up a, we we're gonna do a. An, a Mexican food thing, and yeah. you get five students, and that student's actually supposed to be in the dancing. Yeah. Troop. Um, then then. Okay, so in terms of just the day, the day itself, um, you're saying that the students learn a lot, um. And we can learn a lot about the students. When we observe them, we realize, wow, these guys are really good at uh, making their own costumes. Or Yeah. Uh, uh, or you, a student that you see in class who's really quiet and, and you sort of think is a, is a nobody suddenly just blossoms into this really Yeah, and they, they're choreographing a, a whole dance routine. Yeah, or and, and then your relationship with that class has actually changed because... You start seeing the students in a much more three D kind of yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, more well rounded. Mm. Absolutely. Um, uh, you started off by saying that, that it's really good for learning. And as a teacher, not on the day, as a teacher on the the days leading up to it, I feel quite educationally lost. But we've got to spend four hours so that they can practice their song. Mm. And I feel like I'm wasting four hours of class time. And the students are bored already. Shouldn't I, like, stop it and do something? <laughs> yeah. And this then... is a good point. And, and the thing is that um, a lot of the time the teachers are not told what the bigger picture is. or what yeah. the bi- So there's an activity which happens once a year. Please, can you do this? Uh, please, today, don't teach them. Uh, let them spend the two hours of your class yeah. time. Uh, finishing off the props. Yeah. Or, and it's yeah. difficult to build that into your lesson because your you lesson isn't at the point where you're talking about props or materials. Yeah, or and I mean, look, when um, when I've had them as class projects, I've loved them. Uh, they take a lot of work. They take a lot of uh, not planning so much as you realise as the teacher that actually they can't, nobody can sew or something like that so you you go i can do that that'll take me three minutes and you spend five hours in the evening before the festival day trying to remember how to sew or whatever so as a as a as a teacher my students love them and get a lot out of them when i have dedicated classroom time when it's not my thing though it's the school's thing and they come and say uh can you supervise the students while they xyz i feel really lost yeah i I get that and i think that a lot of teachers do feel that when when these kind of things are imposed especially in the second towards the end of the school year when there's players coming up or parent events or something like that and you as a teacher are kind of you've got to finish your curriculum or you've got to prepare them for the exams and there's a clash but you're also on the downslope of okay one week left until holidays i've just got to do this extra revision lesson and then it's exam time and then I've got to do all that marking. Yeah, and I think the other thing is um, classroom time is when the teacher's in control. It's 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 my time, right? Yep. It's, and um, if something else has been scheduled, that's not my time. And so it starts becoming an imposition and a competing distraction yeah. for, the, for the students. Yeah. So the, half the class is doing X, the rest of the class aren't doing X. What do, they, what do I do with them? I can't teach because I've, I've only got half the students. So, but my experience has been a little bit different. I, I've always found that the, these things, and I regret this in a way, um, have happened around me. 
Yes. So back back to the Maldives, for example, the English day, even though I was an English teacher, the English week happened around me. I didn't, I wasn't part of it. I didn't. You didn't have a role. I didn't have a role. I wasn't role. given a yeah I, because I was the foreign teacher. Um, the local teachers did it. The students did it. During my class time, nobody asked to go out anywhere. I wasn't, I wasn't um, recruited to get a student speech ready or anything like that. And um, so when the when the speech when the, the week arrived, I was blown away by the the magnitude of it. I because I hadn't been part of that um, the preparation. And, yeah. And um, as a language teacher for many years, when I was in Singapore, well, you come into school, you teach your class, the students come into school, they study, and then everybody disappears. There's no, um, there, there are no extramural activities outside yep. of, outside it's of It's a language school. Because it's a language school. But then you suddenly find that the language school, they, they do that kind of stuff. They, suddenly there's a thing on, uh, whatever. There's a big party, and I'm sure it might be a marketing promotion thing as well. You know, uh, the not is, so yeah. subtle <laughs> undertones. Um, but it's that I think is part of the reason why the the foreign teachers sometimes feel a bit. I don't want to say not put out, but a bit uh, whatever. This doesn't really matter because it's just uh, it just. Trying to put on a thing to show off to the parents so that the parents are happy. So the teachers and are feeling like it's they're being co-opted into a, an an activity that doesn't actually belong to the, the to education. Yeah. yeah, and I I get that I, I get the attitude of it. Um, so a simple example of this is, you know, the whole uh, uh, we we need a scheduled teacher, a foreign teacher, to be at the front of the school to greet the children as they enter in the morning. Yeah. And if it's a good school, it's nice and organized where it's a evenly distributed roster. Okay, you've got this day a week and the other two, you know, there's two of you every day of the week and you yeah. come in half an hour, an hour early before class. And you just stand there and say, hello, Johnny, hi, and you wave at parents and smile and, and that's about it. And the argument for that being marketing is quite strong. Mm. Um, you're, the school is displaying the their teachers. assets, uh, their foreign teachers an asset. But there is an educational value in it, uh, which took me a while to realize, uh, which is the kid pulls up and uh, turns to their mum and says, Mummy, that's teacher Derek. He's my teacher. Mm. And he waves at teacher Derek and teacher Derek waves back and, and the mother smiles and nods. And it gives the that connection between the parent... And the, the parent yeah. and the teacher and the parent and the child and the teacher and yeah. the teacher and the parent and the yeah. and it does tile that quite nicely together and it took me a long time to realize that actually the kids like it the kids like being able to tell their mum that's teacher Derek mm. they, they love it and once I did realize that I didn't mind at all doing it because I, I didn't think of it as a promotion thing that that some abstract uh, financial director wanted that had nothing to do with education yeah that standing in front of the school thing is a good example of uh, i mean it's not exactly an extramural activity but it's outside of a, a teacher's set schedule yeah. um and it's something that a lot of teachers fight against and resent and resent yeah, yeah. Um, but once if you can look at it from the other perspective it's i don't i don't care what the school's getting out of it they can get something out of it they pay my salary but that's irrelevant to me as a teacher what i'm happy about is 
I get to to wave to Somnang as he arrives at school, and he's really happy to point me out to his mum or dad or uncle or whoever's dropping him off. And the uh, those festival weeks, or the Halloween theme decoration that all the kids are putting up, or the let's learn all about random foreign festival day. I think that that stuff, if you only look at it from the kids' enjoyment, it makes a difference. If you try to look at it any other way, you do end up standing around in a clump of teachers and then going, I've got nothing to do. Yeah. And so no one's going to notice if I sneak away. Now, um, on that note, teachers' parties. (laughs) (laughs) So um, um, as a manager, I always try to avoid creating parties or having barbecues or where, where all the teachers get together and yeah. um, and uh, we once had a manager who loved them she used to always once a month she had one at her house and she would make potato salad and it was a whole opportunity for her to mother everybody um, yep. and um, I wonder in those kind of if those kind of things actually create or or contribute to the dissolution of teacher bonding um, I you know because people just get drunk and it's an opportunity to complain about your job. Very often. Very often. Um, and you land up clicking anyway. You yeah. land up hanging out with people you yeah. like, who you would normally hang out with at work anyway. So it's just an extension of the staff yeah. room. Um, but you... uh, but having, having said that, the ones that I've been to that were successful uh, were, were the ones where uh, the, the local teachers from whatever country I was in and the foreign teachers who were from just random other countries, but the thing they had in common were they were the foreign teachers. Yeah. Um, when they mixed quite well, yeah. they were great. They, they were fantastic. And the, the foreign teachers got to know their colleagues as... People. As friends, mm. not just colleagues. Mm. And the, the local teachers got to... You know, there's, there's some sort of mystique around foreign teachers at least for the young local teachers they're foreigners and i don't know them and i don't know what their habits are and how they socialize and all of that and breaking that down uh, outside of work has worked really well but i hate organizing them as a manager yeah well i mean organizing them is a whole different issue because yeah. uh, I'm terrible at that too one school that I worked at once they had a, a once a year they had an activity where they took all the teachers out of the school the one the year that I was working there we got on a cruise ship Ooh. and we cruised out into the middle of the ocean f- slept a night and, and came in back. the boat in this boat and then cruised back again and on the boat we did a couple of workshops and a bunch of team building activities and I hated it I absolutely hated it with a passion but looking back at it, I think I probably learned a lot from it because watching how the other teachers interacted and because I was quite young at the time, watching how they they teased each other and the kind of things that they did to each other, um, almost like a, being back at boarding school in a way. <laughs> uh, but um, the workshops that we had, we did a workshop on pronunciation, which actually was quite insightful. It was a big aha moment for me okay. uh, as a teacher. So um, maybe... Building uh, these kind of things with workshops is one way of doing it. Um, but it, unfortunately, in all the language schools I've worked at, there have not been any local teachers. 
and I've not yeah. had the problem. Yeah, I've not had the problem of needing to uh, build bridges with local. Um, That's a shame. It's pretty. Uh, yeah. My uh, my local teachers, especially in the beginning, were the ones that that helped me a lot. Um, it, all it took once I early on once I knew to go to a local teacher to ask a question instead of you know especially the, for grammar for yeah especially for grammar but for even little simple things like um so when's the festival the festival celebration day for the school again what time are we supposed to be here yeah. the, just tiny little things and once and it's I actually amazing to go, because I've seen I've seen teachers over here struggling with with con- connecting with with the dates and times and, yeah. and strangely enough because they don't go to the local teachers they just get themselves so confused and they talk to each other about it one person says well I heard that yeah, and yeah. then yeah. and they don't have a connection with the local community like that so they never really find out yeah um, mm. yeah and uh, a strange thing I noticed about that is if you can get an, a brand new young foreign teacher listen to them they're going to come in and they're going to ask some questions that to you seem dead obvious so what time does class start? When are the school holidays? Where's room 14? Mm. But they also occasionally say things like, so when when do the monks come? And then you say, oh, they come about once a... Actually, I've never asked that question. Mm. Uh, it just hasn't occurred to me to ask. And you, you trot off and you chat to one of your local colleagues and find out that, oh, it's the last... Friday of the month, for example, in Thailand. And once you know that, it, you've got that connection. Once you can start asking the local teachers questions, they'll ask you as well. But it's, it's actually, um, it links back into the classroom as well. Because if you've got a good connection with your local teacher, if you're co-teaching, or if the teacher belong, if the classroom belongs to the local teacher, which and it, you usually, visitor, does, which it yeah. usually does, yeah. you're, the, you're the visitor. Yeah. visiting experts or something if you if you know that teacher well outside of classroom if you have some sort of relationship your, your classes go so your smoothly. classes are just so easy yeah the, the students seem to listen to you yeah and <laughs> if you if you meet that teacher half an hour before class and say oh this is what i've got today mm. uh, it's such a breeze that the teacher comes up and and knows that no, no, this is the one where the students are supposed to be in groups like yeah. this bit in the room. So as a manager, one of the ways that I determine whether a foreigner has made that connection or not is to just ask them what the local teacher's name is. If the local <laughs> teacher's names are hard, um, yeah. it takes an effort to learn them. And yeah. um, a teacher who says, oh, I've got three, that's Ting and that's whatever the three yeah. names are, then I know that they're on the, on the right track. Yeah. Um, a teacher who says to me, no, oh, I haven't met them all is a teacher who's going to have a lot of trouble and the number of teachers I've had to fire over the years because of a conflict between them and the, and the local teacher and of course the local teacher's not going anywhere um, no they're the person who went to university goes to all the meetings knows all the parents uh, decorated the room uh, etc yeah they're not um, going anywhere and if there's a conflict between the two a he said she said kind of conflict um, it's, it's yeah there's it's no a, competition there, there yeah. Yeah. okay we've veered off the topic of extracurricular a little bit yeah uh, we've gone on to team building um we've also though skipped a topic that i notice you and i tend to skip when we talk about topics which is money um, because both of us have been teaching to a point where it's not that money's irre- irrelevant it's just that well if it's a question of money then go get another job or don't care about it yeah 
you know, it's a binary thing. But that wasn't the case in the beginning. Sometimes when I was asked to, can you come on Saturday and Sunday because it's the only time that the parents are free to come and see the kids sing their song and put on their play that they've been rehearsing and putting so much of their their creativity and everything else into that the kids are invested yeah, in. Yeah, and, and you're not going to get paid for that. Nope. Um, and this, the fact that money gets in the way is actually a big problem because yeah. um, you're missing out on such a big part of the students' lives by rushing away. Yes. But at the same time, I... I I still remember the resentment of going, you mean I have to work on Sunday? That's my day off. Oh. So when am I getting a day off then? I mean, of course, look, as as a manager, I can have the opposite argument and say, uh, you mean you're getting paid for that public holiday? Mm. You know, that's a bad argument, but it is a, a corollary. Mm. Uh, but the the finance thing, yeah, the, the teachers... It's okay. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I've got a I'm story about this. I did a workshop once on Saturday mornings, yeah. on a Saturday morning, yeah. and um, all the teachers were invited. I've, I've got inverted commas around invited okay. um, to this workshop. And the workshop was great and everything was fine. And, and one of the teachers afterwards came to me and said um, he'd like to be exempt from all further workshops because he thinks they're... He knows everything he already. He knows everything already. <laughs> I don't know which teacher that was. I don't know the specific teacher, but I've met that teacher at least 40 times. And um, uh, he, since he wasn't getting paid, it wasn't worth his while. Okay. And I said to him, well, all the teachers come and there can't be any exceptions. If we have exceptions for A, then there's going to be exceptions all the way down the line. Yeah. Um, and um, it led to a major blowout. The teacher and his girlfriend landed up leaving okay. the school over an hour's worth of pay, which... Yeah. I mean, in, in the big picture, is nothing. But uh, yeah, especially because long-term, you, you get a surprising amount out of workshops. Even the ones where you go and you already know things, it's surprising how much you pick up. Yeah. Even if the, the thing you pick up sometimes is, wow, I actually know this topic really well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, my, my, my question to myself was, well, would the teacher have left every, anyway? Maybe he maybe he wasn't cut out for that school. And quite possibly, if the com- if he's complaining about the thing that's specifically designed for him, you know, a teacher's workshop is designed to help improve the quality of the teachers. Yeah. Because actually, it, it's easier for the school to pay very little and just replace teachers than it is to develop and try to maintain and keep teachers. Yeah. It's it's easier just to replace them and the. Yeah. In the immediate sense, anyway. And the, the that attitude, though, extends into other things as well. The students yeah. have got their graduation on Sunday afternoon. Are you coming? Well, no. Um, it's my day it's off. It's my day off, and I'm not getting paid for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that that is a, a very big part of why teachers don't participate in these things in the way that they the, the full-time teachers or the local teachers are expected to be at school from this time to that time, so they're there it's anyway. Just, it's part of the job. Yeah, we float in and out, and we miss out because of that on, on so much because we, we're counting minutes and paid moments and yeah. so on. Um, Which is especially true when when it's hourly pay. Yeah. That's, well, it is. You, you're thinking about it as hours. Yeah, and unfortunately that defeats the purpose of living in a foreign country because you come over here to explore and, and, an experience and, experience and, 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 and getting that weird uncomfortable situation and then have an anecdote to talk about for the next five years. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so you don't go to school and you don't participate in that thing. What do you do? You go home and 
do what you would have done if you were living if in you... Canada. <laughs> yeah. Read a magazine and watch some TV. And... So, yeah, philosophically, the, the money thing is... Maybe pedagogically, the money thing is not... It shouldn't be an issue because... It shouldn't. Yeah. You're part of the student's education. You're becoming educated yourself by being part of it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you're being paid... And now I'm taking a very broad view yeah. here. Um, um, should actually not be... Focus, but I know that it lands up being. Uh, it, me, for me personally, the only exception to the pay thing is uh, when you're asking teachers or being asked, in my case, uh, can you come to this thing? And going to that thing means not going to my extra job. And that, I, I actually accept that as a valid excuse. Mm. I, I try to reschedule things when I can. Sometimes I can't, though, and that does mean. Well, I was supposed to be doing that thing that I was going to be paid for. And in, it's not just that I'm not being paid, I'm also... Losing money losing, from Losing some money. And I understand that argument. I do. But you can't use that argument for everything. And at the end of the day, if you're a teacher, all of you, I know you don't know all of your students, but every student knows you, unless you're a terrible teacher and they don't care. But generally speaking, if you've got... 80 students or 8 or 280 every single one of them knows your name and You're remembers life, yeah. and remembers the random fact about you that you used it as, as an example in class one time or they asked you a question on a find someone who and you, you gave a, a real answer mm. they all know that and remember that and when you don't show up for that thing that's really special to them that they invest their their time, their energy, their emotional. Uh, I don't know if they. I, I don't know if they hold it against you or if it's a problem for them. I think they're, they're disappointed. Maybe, but they certainly are impressed when you are there. Yes, it really makes a difference for them. They're excited to see you, and they. Uh, I know that just last week, my students invited me to come out for dinner. Um, they were having a pre-water festival party. Let's get together and have drinks and food and whatever. Um, but it happened to be on a day where I was working an hour out of Bangkok and I have family visiting and you know and I knew I was going to get home just in time to take a shower and leave to get there yeah but I'd also be getting home and I'd abandon my family for a couple of days of working just in time to take my family out for dinner but I did seriously consider abandoning the family in favor of the students going yeah, I missed yeah. the last one because I was working that night mm. Maybe I should just let my parents figure it out and and go be with my students who, in the long term, they appreciate it a lot and it helps the class. It does. Right. So this was about. This was about um, extracurricular. Tangentially. I'm not sure that having dinner with your students counts as an extracurricular activity, but we they organised it as a whole class. Oh, there it was a go. class dinner. I think it counts. Right. So go, have fun, be mm. confused, get lost, and everything else. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Right. See ya. Table Waffle is proudly brought to you by the non-stop wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefawaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tefawaffle.com.